Right here on 1049, the Horn, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick plays songs from a particular soundtrack and based on the selections that are played. Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. And Harge, you think you got it? I mean, it's that time, right? I mean, they come out this week. Garden of the Galaxy. Is this one, two, or three? Three. This it, Guardians of the Galaxy three comes out Friday. Yeah. This is the Guardians of the Galaxy two soundtrack ah. that came out actually the same time this week, uh, five years or See, six I knew years it was ago. Something that was around. So, so Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy yeah. two came out six years ago around this time. Guardians of the Galaxy three comes out um, Friday, I believe. Okay, so you're right, Hard. You guys got to study the what's the anniversaries, the movie anniversaries of the week. Well, I was and trying then, to picture where that song was, that very first song, the Sam Cooke one. I was trying to, now that went back to it, I was trying to think of what scene that was. I can't really think of it either. But that, the, all the Guardians of the Galaxy soundtrack they always are really got, good. Yeah, and they always yeah. got those old music, that yeah. old music in it. Because he has the tape player, the, yeah. the Walkman or whatever, <laughs> that he walks around with all the time, or flies around yeah. with. Sorry, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. If you uh, haven't seen one of them, they're like, what you better catch up know. this week. You better catch up this week. Actually, I don't think they've made a bad one yet, so yeah. actually I might go see that in the theaters. You're son is really into uh, yeah. the Marvel Universe and For all that sure. stuff, so we'll sure. probably end up going And we actually have a little free time this weekend that might be on our on our schedule. Yeah, and I know, I mean, so Patrick said he didn't know if I had seen it. Like, he right. said he thought he had, I had seen it. Yeah, I've definitely seen it. Yep. Seen all the Guardians of the Galaxy. There you go. So, that's it. Uh, they bring it on home to me with Star-Lord and Gamera tr- dancing together. Mm. Okay. 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 Yeah, I guess I should have gotten that one. That was a good one, though, because that soundtrack is so eclectic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's all over the place. They got all types of great stuff in there. It's rock in there, soul in there, R&B yeah, they got in there. It's a solid yeah. soundtrack, and then yeah. the timing of it worked out this week. So all it's right. like, all right, let's good put stuff, that one in there. Good stuff there. Patrick always doing a great job. Um, and my man Harge got it. Took a little while, but he ended up getting it. Uh, Specs text line wide open for you, 512-337-3776. You also can hit us up via Twitter, Harge at uh, hard, Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. My man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. All right, gentlemen, um, let's get to this Cowboys news because it is really big news because the uh, Dallas Cowboys have decided, or at least I, I, Michael Parsons is announcing. I don't even know if the Cowboys wanted him to say this, but he put it out there, and I think Jerry Jones likes it. He's putting it out there. Uh, the inevitable, which we all knew was going to happen, just didn't know when it was going to happen, is happening this season, 2023, for Michael Parsons. He's moving full-time to the edge rusher position. It's been reported by Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram, Chill, who, uh, courtesy of my man Harge, and his uh, extensive contact list. Mm -hmm. We've had him on the show a couple of times, and Chill always breaking uh, news for the Cowboys. And he is reporting that Cowboys Pro Bowl linebacker Michael Parsons is not participating in the team's offseason program. He is working out in Austin. Yep, we've been seeing it. There you go, adding bulk and weight to be a full-time defensive end. 
Uh, he says he's going to return for the Cowboys, return with the Cowboys, I should say, for OTAs as a full-time defensive end. He tweeted out, uh, people here bulk, uh, he said, LOL, people here bulk and think I'm going from 246 <laughs> to 270. If you've seen any of my videos, I'm still very slim and I'm putting on good weight. I'm standing at 252 currently. I will not surpass 255 at any time in my career. This is just me putting on more muscle to carry the load. You have to deal it. with the wear and tear of Absolutely. playing on the edge and you got to bulk up because you got to be a run defender now too and teams are going to run right at Michael Parsons. But yeah, I mean, he'll probably, he says he's not going to get past 255. He might just a little bit, just because if he's gonna put on a ton of muscle, and he's already just a ball of muscle anyway. Yeah. I mean, muscle weighs more than fat, so yeah. I wouldn't doubt if he ends up getting closer to two sixty. You know what I mean? Uh, between two fifty five and two sixty, but obviously that's just semantics. He's got to put on weight to go full time at defensive end. Yeah, um, I still think Dan Quinn will move him around. I still think you'll see Micah. Move, you know, at, at stand up position in a two point uh, stance, and you'll see him in the three point stance at defensive end. Also, think you're going to see him still at that stand up linebacker as like kind of an outside wheel linebacker at times. I think you're going to see that. And I, nobody in the NFL runs more twists and stunts than the Dallas Cowboys with Dan Quinn's system. So you're going to see him being able to be matched up on weaker pass blockers than just whoever they're right tackle or their left tackle is. So he'll find ways to to get him advantageous matchups. But um, to move him full-time to defensive end, I wouldn't have announced it, honestly. Right. I wouldn't have announced I don't know why. But that's Micah. Micah. Micah's out there just talking. Well, Clarence Hill and Clarence, yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Micah's out there. He's doing an interview. He's he's at this place, and he's like, no, nah, I've been working out at defensive end. I'm trying to put on this weight. That's what I'm going to be doing yeah. this year full-time. What? Like that's supposed to be a surprise. Hey, I, I, I tell you what, I bet I you, I bet you, there's something in there where he's like, "Let me just state this now for the record: DNs make more money, and yeah, I am a defensive end. If y'all try and pay me like a linebacker, y'all in for trouble. I am a <laughs> defensive end. That is fair, but you can still. It doesn't matter really because he's not going to get franchise tagged. You're going to pay him like the best defensive no, player I get in that, the league. But I'm just, just yeah, I, I know that's like, but the, you know, what I mean? that's for like franchise tag players. Like, oh, franchise tag, he's going to be paid like a defensive end. He's going to be he's going to be the highest paid defensive player in the history of the league. Period. They're probably just, working on that right yeah, now. Yeah, like that's just so – I agree with Patrick. You're right. And David Patrick, Mugaletta Pat, is yeah. involved with that as well. Yeah, Patrick's point is right. Usually yeah. players – we've seen Jimmy Graham do it. Uh, we've seen other players decide, no, no, I want to be classified as this because, yes, I'll be making more money in case the franchise tag. But most of those have been franchise tag situations. And Jimmy cl- classified himself <laughs> out of making money too. Yes, because yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy that, did that to himself. But in this situation specifically, Mike is just going to be the highest paid defensive player in the history of the NFL. We yeah. all agree with that, right? Yeah, no Whenever doubt. Whenever he's no up. Doubt. Yeah. Um, for a short period of time until somebody else get that money. Yes, of course. <laughs> so, and for that, I don't understand why it has to be an announcement. But the Cowboys exactly. didn't do it. He did it. Yes. And I hope it's actually not full time. I hope it's like... 80% of the time. Right. I still hope you move him around he situationally. To. He's too, he's too valuable He's too way. valuable. Yes. And you can get advantageous matchups moving him around. Yep. So I agree with you 100% on I, that. I, I hope, I'm glad they're moving him there. And Patrick brought a good point about you know the value of the defensive end. But, I mean, it don't know if the value really matters with Michael. They're going to just pay him. Like they're the, going to give whoever, him his who, bread. Who is the highest paid defensive player in the history of the league right now? Is it Aaron Donald or somebody? I think it is Aaron Donald, actually. 
I'm sure it's like Aaron Donald or I, it, or it can't be. I mean, Aaron Donald was the one, but again, it's one of those things. You look it, at yeah, it, it's I, like I, it's I, I can't think he was who, I, at one point. I can't think of who, who what defensive player signed the last mega deal. Yeah. Blockbuster deal. Well, I'm about to tell you here it's in been, a second. It's, it's been a little while. But either way, Mike is going to be that guy. And then, you know, honestly, on the same defense, Trevor and Diggs is going to be the highest paid cornerback in NFL history. Yeah. Uh, year one, Michael spent 374 snaps on the defensive line, 498 at linebacker. Year two, 738 on the D line, 171 at linebacker. So this has been a progression. Yeah. I mean, it's been happening. They want him more on the defense, at the defensive end spot. And, you know, they have been, like I said, slowly, gradually. I don't even know if it's slowly or gradually. They have been progressing toward this point. Yeah, this is something that we've been waiting for. We've been talking about it, and and the way that he's played has gotten everybody's uh, thought process quicker than normal. They're like, okay, Micah's going to be coming up. We've been talking about it, Jerry trying to do the books. We talked about um, Steven over there cooking them, talking about Catboy, Catboy, trying to figure out where he's going to move money around. Micah is going to get his no matter what. And now the biggest question for Micah is, uh, how long is the contract going to be for? Because he's going to get the he's going to be paid the most as a as per yeah. year. Yeah. But how many years are you going to give him on that deal? That's the other part too. Players should want short term deals, shorter term deals, mm-hmm. and the team should want longer term deals. So they'll probably try to get him for five. Michael will probably try to get in for four, four years. So they have on spot rack or spot track they got. Khalil Mack as the highest paid defensive player. Okay. And he's his value is one hundred and forty one million dollars. Okay. But Joey Bosa is one thirty five. Miles Garrett one twenty five. Von Miller was one twenty. TJ Watt, he's another one that is gonna be up for a lot of money here pretty soon. TJ Watt's gonna get some bread. Yeah, TJ Watt's annual a- annual average uh value is twenty eight million. Ooh, Darren yeah. Donald's at thirty one million. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bosa, Joey Bose is at twenty seven. Twenty seven million. Miles yep. Garrett's at twenty five. Yep. So he so Micah we're saying he's gonna get paid thirty <laughs> so you gotta give 35 30, 31, I mean if Aaron Donald's at thirty one right now. He's gonna get thirty two million at least yeah. a year. At least yeah. And you're going to pay Trevor and Diggs how much? A year? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Who's the highest paid corner? I'm about Jaylen to see Ramsey, it right now. One of those guys? Yeah. So you're going to, for two players, you're going to end up paying close to. Jair Alexander, I believe? Yeah, you might write Packers. $21 million? Okay, so you're going to pay, you're going to end up paying $50 million for two players on defense. That's why you can't do it. Next season. Can't do it. Wow. Well, I mean, not next season, but just in the next couple of years, whenever you decide to extend yeah. those guys. Oh. Wow. How you feel about that, Harge, as a Cowboys fan? Well, I mean, the salary cap increases every year. Yep, we, we talk about ten percent. What, what do I always say about the quarterback? What did the market dictate for that? So if you're going to pay no, that, and pay. the market's going to tell you you got to pay this guy, you just told us twenty one million was the number. So you're going to give him twenty three. You're going to give him twenty five. Oh, you have, gonna, yeah, you have. You know to. what I'm saying? To yeah. your point, fifty yeah. million dollars for two positions that. Yep. As you said, well, they the, are premium the, positions, and it's and the, the, not the market, but the salary cap is going to go up and up and mm-hmm. up. So you're going to have some r- wiggle room in there. You just got to make sure you cook in the other part. It's like DraftKings. When you go to DraftKings, <laughs> you go over there and you pick these people. You got a salary cap that you can work with. Now you can go pay X amount of dollars for a, a Rom or 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 a um, Rory McIlroy, 
but you're going to have to fill out the bottom half of that too, and you're going to be getting some guys that you may not like. You know what I'm saying? But you're going to have to get them. You're going to get you're them. You're going to have to get them. I love this texture here. It says uh, two texts here from the same texture. DeMarvin Overshawn is definitely going to get yes. a lot of playing time now. Mm-hmm. This is great for DeMarvin Overshawn. It's outstanding. It really is. Now, Learning now, curve happens now. Yeah, you've cleared the path. Yep. You've got LVE there. Yep. Uh, and they like Damone Clark. Those are their two top linebackers they love. But for some reason, they became disinterested in Jabril Cox late down the stretch. I don't know what's going on there. I still like Jabril Cox, but Demarion Overshone can come right in there with the lack of linebacker depth now and immediately try to compete to get on that too deep, mm-hmm. potentially. Yeah, yeah. and um, I mean, if you're in a passing down and on one end of the, the line, you've got Micah Parsons and Overshone blitzing you on one side, Mozzie Smith in the middle, ooh. keeping you trying to push two guys. Like, how many guys can you allocate to that side of the field mm-hmm. on that pass rush? That's a great point, man. Now, you're right about that. And I wonder with the Cowboys because – actually, I got a I got a, a number here about the Cowboys and their defenses. Patrick just brought it up. He just made such a great point. I just want to piggyback on that because this 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 stat astounded me. It was, it was mind-blowing. So, the Cowboys rushed success rate on defense. Success rate is first down, you – you get or you basically keep a team from getting 50% of the yardage needed for the first down, on first down. On second down, it's 70%. So you keep a team from getting at least 70%. And on third and fourth down, it's 100%. That's the way success rate works, mm-hmm. right? And the Cowboys' rush success rate on defense with Jonathan Hankins on the field last year was 74%. To give you perspective— the best run defense in the NFL last year, success rate, was 73%. So when Jonathan Hankins was on the field last year, a true nose tackle on the field, they were the best rushing defense in the league, essentially. Mm. That's why they drafted that, that, That's Smith. why you do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And let's and also point they, out. That's why, they, that's why they got a really expensive plunger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and when I say a that too, plate at one. remember you got Lawrence on the, other side of the, on the other side of the field too. So if you try yes. and over help one way, you're giving yeah. a free path to another good pass rusher. I wouldn't doubt, guys, honestly, now looking at this news, if they go, I know it sounds crazy, sometimes Mozzie and Jonathan Hankins on the field together as yeah. their D tackles, yeah. yep. and then just have on the edge Micah, Micah and, and, DeMar- De- Marcus, and De- Lawrence. Marcus Lawrence. Yeah. And, and I know they like Oza Adigizua too, so I'm not saying he's going to be well, he's there. he's going to get some but play. I, I bet situationally, depending on who they play, like they play a team that really wants to run the rock. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't doubt against Philadelphia, who wants to run the rock. They got the tush-push and all that. Man, we're putting our two best run-stoppers on the field together. So we know you're not going to be able to run in the A and the B gaps. Right. We just got to defend. Right. We, we just got to make sure we defend them edges. And we got our best players on the edges. Yeah. I like that. Man, I, I like that. Right? I like that. That's why That's why they that Mozzie Smith pick was made. They was like, we love what Jonathan Hankins does. What if we can get a Jonathan Hankins for four years in his prime? Yeah. I Instead like that. Instead of just getting a – Mercenary player. That was a, a phenomenal stat there. Anyway, we'll get some more. We'll get get into that a little bit more. But I want to talk Texans now because we just talked a lot about the Cowboys. Also, Texter here brought up a good point about those contracts for Demarcus. Oh, sorry, for Micah Parsons mm-hmm. and for Trevon Diggs. You got to front load those contracts. Mm-hmm. Get to Patrick's point about the ca- cash over cap. That's what I'm saying. You, you got to do that. Yeah, you're gonna have. I think to, more man. contracts need to be that way. That's why I don't know. I, I, I would if I'm a player and I'm talking to my agent. Give me my money now. Yeah, why not go for a short term, fully guaranteed deal? I, I, I know it sounds I've crazy. I've never understood that. Three years, I'll give you the whole thing, fully guaranteed. 
read, but I right. want your stuff off my books as exactly. fast as possible. <laughs> I'm gonna give you the whole. You're I'm gonna give you most guaranteed. of it in a big chunk up front. Yes, and then we gonna make a we gonna have like a salary cap cushion, if you will. For three years with you. That's that's what I, I've never understood. That I've never understood as a player why you don't want all your money up front. Look at what Kirk Cousins was able to do. Mm-hmm. He was out there betting on himself and just basically telling you, "Give me all my cash now." And they were all short term deals. It, yes, and then you could do whatever you want with me after that. They were, but one I got year, my bread. They were one year in a three year deal. They were short term right, deals. Right. I think a team is a lot. They may be. I guess it depends on your situation. But I think that they may be more open to the possibility of a fully guaranteed deal, which is really short. And I'm thinking about and it too. And you can be off I've their been, books. Yeah. I haven't Fast. read this yet, but I wanted to know what is your allotment for bonus money for signing bonus. What's your What's your cap oh, it, on it, that? I don't know if there is a cap. That's what that's I'm saying. So question. there it is, right there. So, I don't think there but is. But you have. I mean, your cap is what your check account. Exactly. Check account. Oh well, yeah. What's your and, my checking and my savings. My savings liquid, and my yeah, savings. How much liquid yeah. cash do you have as a billionaire? Yeah. yeah. And some yeah. of these guys don't because they're a billionaire because they own a football team. Yeah. Yeah. And they own land. Yeah. They're worth a lot. But yeah. Like I mean, liquid. if we can look at the Oakland A's, I know it's baseball, but they have a possum in their in their stadium, and it just lives there. Because they are too cheap to, get to remove a possum. Yep, I agree. So when you talk about paying players, some some billionaires choose not to remove possums. So saying, <laughs> here's $30 million, let me write you a check, yeah. is, is a stretch like for that. some of these billionaires. I like, that. I like, the I like cheap, that. Nothing worse than a cheap billionaire. Yeah, You're a billionaire. That's why I Don't am be, one. That's why they are one. That's You're right. why, that's I why I'm one. not one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even a cheap thousandaire. So I'm not issues. a cheap hundredaire. I did well for a hundredaire. Yeah, I've shared way too much with people that I care about. So Exactly. All right, let's get to Yeah, we've all been there. There you go. Uh, let's get to the text and something that I care about and Patrick does as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tech, There's some interesting news. There's an interesting story from uh, Tank Dale, the wide receiver that was drafted by the Texans. And he shared a story that I thought was pretty interesting. And, and it, I, I saw that Patrick saw it too. And I believe we got the audio yes. from it. Patrick's always working hard for us. Um, here's audio. And this is Tank Dale, the wide receiver from U of H. One of the top wide receivers in the country coming out uh, of uh, U of H last season. I believe he led the country in uh, receiving yards. Um, he's one of the he very prolific. Yeah, yeah, he's one of the most prolific receivers in the country. Well, Texans drafted him, and te- turns out there's a reason the Texans zeroed in on Tank Dale. Not only because he's kind of a hometown uh, product because he went to U of H, um, but also because apparently C.J. Stroud was one of his biggest fans. It's like right after the um, combine, we was texting each other and stuff like that. And he was just telling me, like, man, he like how, well, he talked to me after the combine. He was just like, boy, I like how you run routes, like how you, you know, play football. You know, he said he's been watching me and stuff like that. And then I told him vice versa, and, you know, I appreciated him and stuff like that. <clears throat> and then, like, he, mm, I think it was, like, after he got drafted, you know, I saw him to congrats. And then I was like, tell him, come get me. <laughs> I told him, tell him, come get me and stuff like that. He And then he was like, I got you, trust me. And then um, the next day, I think um, he called me, he FaceTimed me out of nowhere, like I texted him. Yeah, I texted him and he FaceTimed me. And then he was like, man, I told him I want you, yada, 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 this, that, and the third. So I was like, okay, it can, it can happen. And then, you know, I got that call. Uh, this, that, and the third. And the third. I like that. You know I'm, I'm going to start using that. Oh, I've been this, around that, that for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> hey, okay, okay, should we explain what this, that, and the third is? No, we want people to go uh, Urban Dictionary yeah, to find that, that out. This, that, and the third. <laughs> I, essentially, I think it means basically uh, all of that. 
and, and more. Some. And yeah, yeah, all that and more. And all some. of that and more yeah. a little bit. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, and it's the almost third. uh you ever seen the in it, the Seinfeld yada yada yada? Because he does the yada 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 before. Yeah, he, yeah, does, yeah, yeah, yeah. he does both. Yeah. <laughs> so he does he He's got balance. <laughs> He's got balance. <laughs> so he uses the old school version of it and the yeah, new school yes. version of it. <laughs> I love that. Yes. I think I'm gonna like me some take Dale, man. That's uh that's pretty I mean, good. Anytime you have an 185 pound guy named Tank. That is yeah, yeah. I'm like, hey man, watch out, Tank's coming. He comes around the corner, like, where's Tank at? Like Debo uh, no, <laughs> on his bike. Yeah, you, yeah. I, maybe it's one of those ironic nicknames. Where no, because I, I looked it up. What is it? So when he was born, he had a really big head, and his mom was like, "Oh, you're gonna be big." So she started calling him Tank when he was a baby because he had a really big wow. head. Didn't and work then out. It didn't work out that way, but he still made it to the NFL. Yep. Five eight one sixty five. His mama thought he was gonna be big. Yeah, he's like, you got well, a big head. He plays big. <laughs> he plays big. He plays big. He's a third round pick for the Texans uh, out of a U of H. And uh, you go look at it, man. He's he's unsigned right now, but he's a third Electric. round pick. But he went to Alabama A and M first, I believe. Right, he mm-hmm. went to a community mm-hmm. college. Yeah, he, he had kind of a you know, he had a, a a he had a different route than most would have to the NFL, at least even to U of H, because he ended up going to Alabama and then then going to a community college and then going to Houston. But once he got to Houston, I mean, like I said, this guy was extremely prolific. 109 receptions, throw over 1,300 yards, damn near 1,400 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Uh, was the leading receiver in the country in a lot of those categories. And what I love though, and we talked about this too. The NFL is now starting to consider chemistry with their quarterbacks and their wide receiving combinations. Yep. We saw it with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith, Tua and Jalen Waddle. Even when Derek Carr and Devontae Smith, they were trying to re- reunite them. Devontae Adams, excuse me, not Devontae Smith, Devontae Adams, trying to reunite them. Uh, that was about chemistry. Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown, that was about their chemistry before. It is something that is you know, really tough to quantify, but now the NFL actually is considering it as a data point when they bring you know, uh, their players or when they acquire players and try to bring them together. Hell, even look at Aaron Rodgers. Man, he yep. brought two of his own damn receivers Come, to the Jets. Man. Brought Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. Come on, man. I got to have my guys. And I got to have a friend like Aaron Rodgers in my life. Hey, don't we don't we all? I mean, goodness gracious, for real. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you on that. that but uh, yeah, that's probably a little the extreme. Yeah, <laughs> the that is. I'm like, goodness um, gracious. But even the Cowboys. Remember recently, Dak said the Cowboys asked him his thoughts on drafting. I believe it was Jalen Tolbert. Yeah, was last season yeah, because yeah, he's yeah. a big fan. And even this season, he said they've given me film on the receivers they like. And then I give them my opinion. Yep. So uh, I think you're starting to see more of that, and maybe it's because they're starting to consider the opinions of the QBs. Yeah, I think it also is good for rookies when you go, man, you're going into a really intimidating situation with a lot of veterans, and you know it's all kind of new to you. You're moving to a new town. You're doing all these things. To have some guys that already have a little bit of chemistry together just in the locker room, mm-hmm. just so it's not so overwhelming every step of every day, being like, man, I'm doing this, and I go, and I don't know anybody in this town, so I may fall in the wrong group or that. I've got another guy on my team, and we can kind of be there for each other at those points. I think it helps out for young guys to have a little bit of safety net because yeah. it is a lot to take in very quickly that C.J. Stroud goes from, hey, man, you're a part of a machine at Ohio State to now, hey, you're expected to turn around one of the worst franchises the in the NFL. Yeah. You're the face of it. you got to turn around, and people want wins this year because yeah. we trade away uh, next year's pick. So we expect wins this year. No, that's a good point because maybe they just they think you know you need a friend. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you need a great player too. You need somebody but you might to be comfortable need around you. Yeah, Kyler Murray did the same thing. They were like, man, yeah. you need a friend. We're going to go get Marquise Brown for you. So I agree with that. I think Philadelphia considers that too. Yeah, they're drafting they all did. those teammates. They're like, nah, man, these guys play well together. They'll have an easier transition because they'll do it together. And a better they understanding can walk each other of what it's about. Yeah. No, I totally agree. That's a great point there, Patrick. All right. Uh, what you got coming up in Harsh Knock Live? I got this story that has come across <laughs> that is pretty interesting, and it has to do with baseball and betting. Ooh. And it's not good. Oh. So, and it's on the college level. So, we'll talk a little bit about it. All right, we'll come back. We'll get into that. Uh, my man Hart's talking about betting in baseball. Right Aye. here on Ball Don't Lie. One of the horns. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to the midweek movie theme edition of Ball Don't Lie. And our theme of the week is uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2. Part 2. Part 2. And uh, thanks to everybody that hit us up on the Specs text line. My man, uh, Rob Babers, at, follow him at Rob Babers. You can follow my man, Patrick Davis, at Patrick Davis. And, of course, hit us back up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. As somebody that dabbles in uh, a little bit of the wagers, thanks to my man Rob Babers for letting us know about MyBookie.com. That is MyBookie.com. I, I, I go over there and frequent it just to sometimes look at the lines and, mm-hmm. and see how things change. And <laughs> one of the, the sports that I really like to get into is obviously football. Everybody's on the football uh, bandwagon that if you do wager, everybody loves doing it on football. So you start looking at different lines, and when football's over, you start dabbling in other things. Well, mm-hmm. baseball season is around us, and I haven't really dove into the college side of it. I mean, it's it's so emotional. It's one of those sports that you sit there and you're like, okay, you don't know if this pitcher's got enough work. You don't know if he's dealing with an injury. There's so many different things that are going on when you're looking at college baseball. Some teams stay true. If you're looking at uh, the LSU Tigers, you're always thinking, okay, they're at the top. They've been number one all season. So you kind of look and see what their their run differential mm-hmm. is, see what their pitching's like. Uh, Paul Skeens, who everybody wanted when he pitches, you might want to look at it and say, okay, He's number one. He's probably going to go number one overall. Mm -hmm. So you start looking at some of those. But some of the other games, there's some things that happen in it that you're kind of questioning. We've seen some crazy scores. You don't know if you're going to bring a guy, uh, a pitcher out of the bullpen that hadn't pitched. Those midweek games kind of is whoever is available that time, right? Mm -hmm. You might get some guys some work. So you never know over, unders, money lines, and all these different things. Well, Ohio, the state of Ohio – which has been regulated for gambling in that state, decided to halt betting on Alabama's baseball after suspicious activity happened during a couple of the series. And the series just happened to be against LSU. Hmm. Some suspicious activity was going on during that. Mm. And that's the other part. So here's the thing. We've talked about it all the time. They build those buildings for a reason. Yeah, they do. They understand the lines and Mm -hmm. how to come up with them and all this other stuff. They know something that's going on. Well, the other day, uh, this story came out May 1st. The story came out that there was suspicious activity involving Alabama versus LSU on Friday. And it goes on to tell you that they have ex- they have an acceptance to stop wagering 
effective immediately in the state of Ohio on all Alabama baseball games, which is very interesting because Alabama normally is a decent baseball team. Hmm. So for this to have suspicious activity is interesting to me. And when the wager was made, there was a wager that was made in the middle of the game that was a parlay. There was a parlay that was there, and another one was straight-up money on the money line, okay. which drew a flag, right? Because there, you go on the websites, you got live betting. Mm-hmm. You can go on there and you can see it and say, all right, this is going on at this time. Yep. But there was a large bet that was made during that time. Now, I've been around a lot of friends, and even I've done this, where you start chasing. You start oh, yeah. chasing it, and you're like, mm-hmm. you make a – Large bet, Try which to get is it kinda, all back. yeah, you, you you're up Try against get it. it all back. You're up against mm-hmm. it. But I guess when this person was making this wager and the people that were making it, it kind of made a red flag because they do monitor what you do, and it's this out of your character, right? Okay. So you start paying attention to a lot of it. Hmm. The 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 Louisiana Gaming uh, Control Board told NoLook.com on two specific bets that were made in Cincinnati triggered suspicious activity alert. And I told you it was the parlay, and then the other one was a straight-up bet. Because there is no national gaming regulator, a halt on waging typically happens on a state-by-state basis. Okay. So there might yeah. have been, you start seeing mm-hmm. it, you start calling people out, you start looking at it, you're like, okay, we might need to pull this group because they don't just do it for one. There had to be a system of these things had to be. that you saw they, yeah. a trend from this person. And I don't know if it's a group. I don't know if it's uh, uh, you move money here and tell this guy, mm-hmm. hey, here's the money, go bet this. There's strange activities Something's that happen. But the thing that bothers me the most is now mm-hmm. we talked about this before, and I think everybody's talked about this. When you start wagering and putting bets on college sports, and you now you have them in the stadiums, you have them in different places. In Louisiana, you have them now where you can just walk into the sports book in, in New Orleans and you can place a bet now. Straight cash. Yeah, home. I was there. I was mm-hmm. looking at it. I've, I've done it there in yeah. New Orleans. So <laughs> you start looking at now it's starting to monitor suspicious activity. So my question to both of you, and I, it doesn't necessarily have to be baseball, but is this something that we should probably be looking at that might concern you a little bit later in other sports? We know the stories about wagering in football. We've heard about that. We also knew about the stories in a while back when it came to basketball. There were some shady doings with Arizona State back in the day. And then we've also heard about it with the referees that have been involved in some of these games that have kind of changed the way the games are being called, let alone if you're if we talked about it yesterday. There were some sketchy calls. There was no defense being played in some of the games. There weren't calls on the fouls. I mean, I'm not saying that's the conspiracy right mm-hmm. now, but does this start to raise red flags all the way across the board in all sports <laughs> at this time? Well, well, you know the NFL's got their – they have a their protocols and a system in place, software, whatever it is, with certain They've already gambling, been snitching on. Yeah, certain gambling apps and certain gambling entities. And where and the they, bet was made. They have agreed, I, I believe, to give the NFL information about certain players who may be gambling on their apps or using their services. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think everybody's on a bit of a red alert right now. I do think 
There is just because it's become now more mainstream, the gambling thing, and it's going to continue to be more mainstream uh, that they still want to make sure that they can keep it away from the actual field of play and as close to the field of play as possible. That's why the NFL, you can argue, overreacts yes. to a player getting caught gambling. When, and oftentimes you'll read the details and go, so he was just gambling on an app about some t- some fantasy thing and yeah, it didn't right. really relate to his team or anything like that? Like, yeah, because the NFL wants to overreact because they want it you to be a deterrent. To, yes, you want it to be for gone. That behavior. That's so, right. Because they, they are scared right. of players actually – you know, using their status as players on rosters to try to change the results of games based on betting sites and betting trends. Right. So I, I'm not saying it's happening. No, no, but no. It's a fear. It's definitely a fear of these leagues. Right. And well, professional and college. No doubt. And and someone just asked me, was it for or against? You know, was the bet for yes, LSU? Exactly. That, you don't know. They don't they know. didn't say. They didn't but say. The, but the wager was substantial enough, and mm. it, it again. It had to have happened multiple times with Alabama for them to pull all Alabama games offline. It didn't say anything about LSU. Mm -hmm. It said uh, Alabama. So there may have been suspicious activity throughout time that involved Alabama. So that is why this has been a question. And now you, you start looking at your players, too. You know, you talked about it before where you just brought it up where you talk about they have apps and they've got software to track where you're placing your bet from. Because the reason why some of these players, not Ridley, he's he's obscured from this, but the reason why the Detroit Lions players got in trouble, they were betting mm-hmm. while they were at the facility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You're not supposed to be able to bet at the facility, and yeah. we know the rules are out there, so you should mm-hmm. be smart enough to know if you're going to make a wager – Make a phone call to somebody that's not at the facility and don't bet there. So there's things that you can bet on, but it can't be your sport. But the suspiciousness of Alabama sports was that, boom, you can't be betting. There's something going on with Alabama mm-hmm. baseball, not everybody else. So. No, I, I will say I think it's a positive thing on one side to say a lot of this has probably been happening for years and years. And is you know so much of it gets not seen and then it's just – the conspiracy theory of, well, we think this guy was point shaving or we think that. And now they're going, well, now with technology, we can tell you a lot easier when things seem fishy. Like you're saying, that this was caught not by a person who yeah. went, not by a pit boss, how in Vegas it used to be like, hey, oh, yeah. let's watch this because this guy, he's wearing, like, he's wearing different hats and cashing in different, and he's bringing up bags and betting in five different casinos. Right. They can now go, oh, no, we're tracking his betting history, and it's, it's showing us it's he's as a system, and the system doesn't play with how you play fairly in gambling. Right. I don't know if there so is, I think, or is that. Well, no, but I no, mean, I know fairly, what you mean. I mean, they, <laughs> you know, they have yeah. the edge. Yeah. 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 Fair yeah. to them. To yeah. them. No, yeah. with you. no but I, I, I think there is a, bo- a positive side to it of, hey, man, if we're stopping it more because they're able to check it now at a higher level, and you're able to stop it from, hey, man, the scrub on this Alabama baseball team is trying to ruin college baseball for everyone else on that team because he's trying to point shave one pitcher or one hitter is trying to point shave because they're trying to make some money and the rest of the team is basically going to be hit with it and they can go, no, no, here's a guy. This guy did it. We found it out. Once the coaches found out, staff found out, everything stopped and we fixed it all is better than, well, it was a problem for three years. Now the program is on suspension for eight years. None of these players all had to transfer like we're, I think our, our program there could, is dead. Yeah, there could yeah. be more positives of being able to figure it out faster 
and deal with it immediately as opposed to letting it spiral out of control. Yeah. And somebody, Chan, Chan, Chan said, was it AI that flagged the authorities? <laughs> Possibly. Honestly, it, well, it might be yeah. some AI te- type of technology right. that helps them kind right. of keep up with these guys and where they're betting, how much they're betting. And we don't know, since there are a lot of details, we don't know how, you know, what the level of duplicity was with this bet or deception. It could have just been somebody's uncle that's getting inside information from, from the a locker room. training staff yep. guy or yep. equipment guy or whatever it is like they 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 may not even be directly tied to the program correct just like indirectly tied to the might program. be somebody but, that yeah. just follows this program so closely exactly. and realizes this dude is terrible yes so I'm gonna bet he's gonna strike out in this situation yeah or you know because everybody talks about analytics maybe he's taking it to another level yeah. on what he's seen in the trends from this team if you're betting huge amounts of money right uncharacteristic with your betting habits exactly they may go and, and winning and winning First of all, this is all about that person is winning. Yeah. Because they weren't winning. Yeah. They wouldn't they, say yeah, nothing. They wouldn't, yeah. Exactly. Because this happens all the time, the lopsided version of it, exactly. where people do this and they lose. Dudes losing houses <laughs> They, they and think stuff they like know this. something yeah. and they don't, but he, this person must be winning because yeah. they're winning and people really don't get over on the house. The house yeah. usually wins, and this time the house is shutting things down because the yeah. house don't feel like it's on the up and up. It's, a de- it's definitely an interesting mm. story, and – Here's another part of it. FanDuel has removed all Alabama games Ooh. from its betting menu. Yeah. In, yeah, in all jurisdictions. Yeah, how close is it direct how, how close is it uh Rel- directly tied to the program? Exactly. Like how closely directly is it tied to the program? If it's no, if it's one degree of separation, you got a problem. We're talking about three degrees of separation, then it's okay. That's just right. That's just in, that's just information Dude leaking just out. Understood. Yes, but you're talking about somebody that's inside that program. I'm yeah. talking about even equipment staff guy, training staff guy, the coaches. That's that's a players. That's a yeah, problem. That's a big. Can't problem. have one degree of separation. We need two at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Two, I think you need three. Oh, you I think need you need somebody that knows somebody else yeah. that's doing this. Because if, di- if it's tied directly to the program, that's going to be a problem. It's going to be a big-time problem. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting story to watch, especially because, as the texter said, Alabama's not really that good. But it's something that you look at and you're like, okay, how bad is it? Mm-hmm. And is somebody else looking at another way to get some money? Because, as you said – how how far is the degrees of separation? Yeah, that's what we need to know. Hey, yeah. and, and let's be fair. I mean, even if it's not, Alabama's not good or not good, we're about to beat conference opponents with them. Exactly. And our team is good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I'd prefer us not to, you know, be playing be against some cheaters over there. Right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true, too. Oh, man. Yeah, that's that's this is not the last you're going to hear this story. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, it's got a lot of layers to it. All right, good stuff there, Harsh Knock Life. We come back. Not so good stuff for the Mahomes family and not so good stuff for Antonio Brown. Another bad Antonio come Brown on, update. Antonio. All right, here we come back right on Ball Don't Lie, wonderful down the horn. DD Mega Doodoo. I'm sorry, Mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain the head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, folks. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Time to get into Off the Record. This Antonio Brown story is surprising because I just did not know Antonio Brown was a part owner of an arena football league team. Did you know that? 
They kicked him off the field one time. <laughs> How long has he been an owner, uh, part owner or whatever of this team? It's probably a good thing we didn't know, but I saw wow. a video of him getting kicked off the field, and he was trying to explain to the people that he was the owner. Okay. He was trying to Jerry Jones it. Yeah, the name. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you know who I am? He yeah. drops that a lot. I guess oh, Antonio for Brown sure. drops. You he know who I am. All the, he's he definitely that, that dude. Yeah. Well, he's a part owner of the uh, National Arena League's Albany Empire. Mm-hmm. And he is being accused of some uh, very uh, irresponsible behavior as an owner, kind of being the Dan Snyder of the <laughs> Arena Football League, kind of. He's probably the Oakland A's <laughs> owner. Yeah, whatever, right? Because <laughs> uh, he is being accused of running the organization organization into the ground, making violent threats toward the ex-head coach and locker room players uh, and locking players out of their hotel rooms. Yeah. Actually. Uh, TMZ sports spokesman uh, spoke with two former members of the National Arena League's Albany Empire, head coach Damon Ware and quarterback Sam Castronova, and they both detailed their hellish experience before leaving the team. Ware said Brown's ownership was doomed from the beginning, explaining it was a hostile takeover when the Super Bowl champ came on board in March, forcing uh, other owners out by throwing money their way. Ware said the main issue was getting everyone paid. His conversation with AB about the matter would get so bad that the receiver would resort to texting him violent threats. According to Ware, Brown, who now owns 90, 95% of the team, was a nightmare to work with as his ego got in the way of improving the squad and helping players move on to the next level. It became all about him, not the football team. We built a wonderful organization over three years. He came and killed it, <laughs> said Ware. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically, yeah, he's being accused of not paying players. He said, we're told team members usually expect their game checks the week after each contest, but once the money hadn't hit their bank accounts for the past two contests in April, players contemplated sitting out. Yeah. Eventually, the athletes agreed to suit up when they were shown what appeared to be a payment confirmation, but following Sunday's game, Castronova said players were still without their check, and several captains decided to confront team officials on their bus back, their bus ride back to North Carolina. Once they got to the team hotel, Ware said the, the captains and several of the players discovered their room keys no longer worked. <laughs> and the hotel staffers told them it was Brown's doing. In fact, they had to fight like hell just to get their belongings out of the room. Dealing with housekeeping in order to make it happen. Even though the team has followed up with uh, one missed payment so far, where Castronova and several other key players say they are fed up with the team and they are already looking for rest- uh, looking forward to restoring their careers other places. Shocking. There you go. It's shocking that uh, Antonio Brown is wow. that type of human being. Well, I just sent y'all the video of him crazy. being kicked off the uh, field by security. And telling them basically, I own this team. You know? <laughs> Dude, I mean, first off, did, what did you think was going to happen if that was your boss? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, he's Antonio I mean, Brown. I, mean, I, I still think something is going on with Antonio Brown I agree. that we just don't know about. I'm I hoping agree. it's not the brain damage issue or theory that's been thrown out there. I'm hoping that is not the case, but it is a plausible theory. Yes. It is a very plausible one. Because, hey, man, I'll end up having CTE, and I didn't play as long as he did or get hit as hard as he did. Most football players who played as long as I did will have some form of CTE. And, yes, it essentially is just brain damage. But you I'm act like you've got case. some sense, though. 
Yeah, but I may not. I, I don't think I have that. I got some CTE. Right. It, it kicks in every now and then, but I don't think I have a extreme uh, version of it, or at least, God willing, it hadn't kicked in that uh, that extreme yet. But I think for him, some people are theorizing that that's why his behavior so changed so drastically. Yeah. And we, they, everybody just, contr- continues to blame Vontrez Burfick. They do. They, they yep. Yeah. That's, and I hope, the, that's the name. I hope that's not the case because if yeah. that is the case, then we're we're – we're all witness to this the de- 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 decay and deterioration of his mental faculties. It feels like I hope that is not the case, though. And I'm he, hoping he's just acting a fool. And that's he, what I'm hoping he's yeah, just acting a fool. He leaked a sex video. That's what I'm saying. Too. Like all of this stuff. Like Remember, I'm talking about just recently. I know we just oh, want to yeah. keep up. Yeah, it is Fart, farting on the doctor's face. <laughs> exactly. And all of this, I'm like, man, claiming that they claiming that he got signed to the Ravens. Yes. Yeah, he's oh they yeah, he's that right for the draft. Yeah. Did you remember in the pool where he exposes the woman? Like yeah. that was a top down? Yes. We forget about this stuff because it's so frequent. He was in the pool with his junk out, completely out. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like I said, I hope he's just yeah. wilding out. He's definitely wild. That, that is that's the question too, is you just be like, how crazy was he before and teams were covering it up before he like got full loose? Where teams are just like, hey, let's just keep a kind of lid on it a little bit and We'll keep you. I swear I didn't hear any, but like I said, I I don't. I got know a lot of people that know Antonio Brown, but man, I didn't. We, we didn't hear any stories Not about like, this. like about his character. Now, issues now we or, did. You know we did. We did hear the story that I think when he was still playing of where he had two girls back to the house. And then he went to the gym, and they robbed him, and he came home. That was early. I remember that. That was one of the stories. I remember that. Well, but you I know, I know. That's it's not that wild, though. No, it is That's wild to leave two women naive. in your bed. It's, yeah. Ding, Having ding, ding, two ding. women at the same time. Hey, no, the it, naive it, it, part it, is leaving for, them in your house. Yeah. That's, that, that, yeah. that's naive. But now yeah, because if I leave, y'all leave it. Now he's throwing penis candy at women. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Those are real stories. <laughs> Yo, I know. He threw You're like, not the penis candy up. at the I police. Know. I was like, like, it is just the most bizarre stories. Yep. I just, like I said, you may, maybe you're right, Patrick. Maybe the Steelers were really good at covering it up. And we no, just, they no, no, I don't think it's that. I, mean, I think it's all part of a, yeah. a ongoing, you go, well, was the fuse was the fuse already there? Like there was already yeah. this time bomb and, in him, and the and then, timed it out well. Like now nah, you and they go. got, and then it just kind of went, and they just went. No, this fuse is already lit. As soon as you gave him fame, that oh, he yeah. was like, Ryan oh no, Clark I need that. It. I need that. I need that. I need that. Right. And so Clark I'm going to go it. for it for any way I can. And he raps now. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a rapper. That's he's actually a feature. That's a, that's a that's the sanest thing that he does. That's what he said. He's a rapper. It really is. Well, the fact but that he believes he's good at it. Yeah, he he does. Think yeah, that's what I'm like. He thinks he's good at. He it. performs at festivals though. That's because Kanye is the head. Kanye is bringing them with him. Oh, They're well, together. Oh, that ain't good. That's what I'm that's saying. Like, that's that's that what I'm saying. That is not a good influence for Antonio Brown right now. Ding, Don't ding, be hanging out ding. with Kanye, man. Too late. They Come hanging on, out man. together. Alex Jones decided Kanye was too wild for him. <laughs> Dude, so we know Alex Jones decided Thank Kanye, you. calm down. Mm. Well, you, you remember, know, you remember you when it happened when he went Facebook Live in the locker room, and that's when they were like, you that. got to go. That's when Mike Tomlin had Mike enough Mike Tomlin said, I've been covering this up for too long. Now you just exposed that I've been covering this up for so long. Well, you got so. to go. Yeah. Then he runs around, talk about, I need my helmet. Grandma, they released me. I got what I wanted. We seen it all I on know, camera. We forgot all about the helmet uh, thing. Exactly. Remember his feet? He went into the, the, cryo, the cryo chamber, chamber not yeah. covered up. Without, without footwear. Because that's his... the first time he's ever done that. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's things that have happened now that you're like, oh, 
Okay. Yeah, someone says AB has the worst music of all time. People like it. I don't. I've never listened to it before. And he has the dance that everybody does. Oh, the yeah. little dance they do. That's why. Two fingers. That's, that's why Dylan dance. Brooks got he cut because yes. he was coming out that doing was the dance. Dylan Brooks. That's why he got cut. They knew he was unstable. Oh, speaking of, we got Antonio. Uh, sorry, <laughs> hey, we got a Dylan Brooks story coming up next. That's pretty good. All right, we come back. We'll talk NBA Lakers beating the Warriors, Knicks beating the Heat. We'll get into that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful, not the horn.